Okay, thank you. Thank you, Mataji. Thank all of you in the greater Cleveland area. Uh, it's been m many years since I visited Cleveland as a child. Um, nothing to really talk about there, but um, <clears throat> I think... Uh, I think it's an amazing thing that we have these opportunities to come together despite uh, the conditions, uh, the material conditions. We're able to come together and hear uh, Krishna Kata. So I'm happy to participate with you. I understand we're reading from Bhagavad Gita um, and I was told we would uh, be focusing on Bhagavad Gita chapter 8, verse number 16. I hope that's correct. So I'll, be I'll begin with some prayers, and then we can proceed. Om Jnana Timarandasya Jnana Shalakaya Chakshuran Militam Yena Tasmai Shri Gurave Shri Chaitanya Manobishtam Stapitam Yena Bhutale Svayam Rupa Kadamahyam Tadati Svapadantikam Vandeham Shri Guru Shri Yutta Parakamalam Shri Gurun Vaishnavangscha Shri Rupam Sagrajatam Sahagana Raghunatang Vitam Tam Sajivam Sadvaitam Savadutam Parijana Sahitam Krishna Chaitanya Devam Shri Radha Krishna Padan Sahagana Lalita Shri Vishakan Vitangscha Nama Om Vishnupadaya Krishna Prashtaya Bhutale Srimate Bhaktivedanta Swamin Itinamine Namaste Saraswati Deve Gauravani Pracharine Nirvishesha Shunyavadi Paschatyadeshatarine Vancha Kaupataruvyascha Kripa Sindhubya Evacha Patitanam Pavanebhyo Vaishnavibhyo namo namah. He Krishna Karuna Sindhu Dinabando Jagatpate Gopesha Gopika Kanta Radha Kanta Namostate Tapta Kanchana Gorangi Radhe Vrindavaneshwari Rishabhanu Sute Devi Pranamami Hari Priye Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Gadadhar Shri Vasari Gauravakta Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare 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 Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya 
Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya uh, So, today, this afternoon, uh, or this evening, for those of us here in Europe, I'm speaking from uh, Poland, uh, we're reading from Srimad Bhagavad Gita, as it is, Translations and Purports by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami, Srila Prabhupada. And we're reading chapter 8, verse 16, uh, as our starting point. And, uh, oh yes, good, we have on screen. Abrahma Bhuvana Lukka Punar Avartin Arjuna Mamu Petyatu Konteya Punar Janma Navidyate Abrahma Bhuvana Lukka Punar Avartin Arjuna Mamu Petyatu Konteya Punar Janma Navidyate Abrahma Mabhuvana loka punar avartin arjuna mamu petya dukanteya punar janmana vidyate Translation and purport Translation from the highest planet in the material world down to the lowest all are places of misery wherein repeated birth and death take place. But one who attains to my abode, O son of Kunti, never takes birth again. Prabhupada's purport, all kinds of yogis, karma, jnana, hatta, etc., eventually have to attain devotional perfection in bhakti-yoga or Krishna consciousness before they can go to Krishna's transcendental abode and never return. Those who attain the highest material planets, the planets of the demigods, are again subjected to repeated birth and death as persons on earth are elevated to higher planets, people on higher planets, such as Brahma-loka, Chandra-loka, and Indra-loka, fall down to earth. The practice of sacrifice called Panchagni-vidya, recommended in the Chandogya Upanishad, enables one to achieve Brahma-loka. But if, on Brahma-loka, one does not cultivate Krishna consciousness, then he must return to earth. Those who progress in Krishna consciousness on the higher planets are gradually elevated to higher and higher planets, and at the same time, sorry, and at the time of universal devastation, are transferred to the eternal spiritual kingdom. Sridhar Swami 
in his commentary on Bhagavad Gita, quotes this verse. Brahmana sahate sarve samprapte pratisanchare parasyante kritatmana pravishanti parangpadam. When there is devastation of this material universe, Brahma and his devotees, who are constantly engaged in Krishna consciousness, are all transferred to the spiritual universe and to specific spiritual planets according to their desires. And so ends Srila Prabhupada's purport to that verse, Abrahma bhuvana loka punar avartinor juna mam upetya tukonteya punar janma navidyate. This verse in sort of the middle of the eighth chapter is responding uh, to questions um, by Arjuna. Arjuna has asked several questions in the beginning of the chapter, and, well, it seems to me that Krishna answers most of those questions in the first few verses um, of, of the chapter, and then he expands on the final question. What was Arjuna's final question? We could make that a, uh, a little quiz question, but I'll answer it for you. Prayana kale cha katang gyeyosi niyata atmami. Katam is the question word, it means how. And uh, at the time, at the end time, literally, prayana kale, at the time of ending, which is meaning the end of life, the end of our, of the body. Jnyayaha asi, what is to be known? Asi, niyata atmabi, by the persons who are niyata, who are self-controlled, uh, whose, whose selves are regulated. In other words, the yogis, those who are spiritual about, about, those who are serious about spiritual life. We can put it like that. Um, so, Krishna is going to be responding mainly to this question in the course of this chapter. And of course, the question is relevant for all of us. Uh, we may say it's, it's the one which is uh, most uh, existentially of concern for us. Why? Because we all are facing death. Uh, we're all facing the time when our very dear bodies are going to be taken away from us. So it's good to know uh, what what we should know. What is uh, what preparations to make for that? 
which we can say is is also the the whole process of Krishna consciousness. Uh, in this particular verse, I would suggest we have a few themes that are touched upon. It's quite amazing, actually, how much there is in any one verse of uh, of Shastra that we can examine. Um, Maybe I should also ask, what is our schedule so I don't go too long drag, dragging on and then discovering everybody's disappeared? Uh, <laughs> please tell me, um, if you can, um, what would be our, our standard scheduling time? When, when would you like me to end and, um, maybe keeping some time for discussion. Hare Krishna Maharaj. Yes. Um, Maharaj, um, I don't want to put a, if you don't want to put a time, then we can go on, but uh, because it's such a wonderful uh, opportunity for us to associate with you. Uh, one to two is usually uh, an hour for our speaker, guest speaker, uh-huh. and then two to 2.30 plus, 15 minutes here and there. Um, the right. And then there's calm. Oh, okay. All right. That yeah. That's fine. Just fine. <laughs> okay. Thank you. You're very welcome, Manish. Okay. So, so I was just mentioning there are some different, uh, a variety of the- I've listed, I've noticed uh, four themes. The first I've touched on uh, it's a response to this question, and we'll get back to this, how it's a response. A second theme is we're getting a kind of cosmic geography lesson from the highest planet down to the lowest. That's pretty much everything in, in the universe, in one, in, uh, in two short lines, Abrahma. A, in this case, the long A makes it uh, up to or including, up to and including, uh, Brahma Loka. Uh, we'll get back to that. The, the next theme, which I find uh, significant here, comes in the second half of the verse, Mama Petya uh, 2. Uh, the word to is actually here a very encouraging word. Um, but, however, mam upetya punar janma na vidyate. Krishna is making a promise. Uh, he makes a few promises in the Gita, and this is certainly one we are, uh, we can appreciate. He's promising, you come to me, and that's it. You're not gonna have to come back to this world. Excuse me. So, and a fourth theme that is, I would say, also a major theme of this chapter is smaranam, remembering. Remembering the Lord. Um, Krishna is 
introducing this early on in the chapter, and then he's expanding. And here, it's it's a bit indirect, we may say, but uh, it's Im it's implied that remembering the Lord is going to be um, required if we're going to successfully successfully and permanently leave this world to go to the spiritual world. Okay, so what I want to do now is elaborate a little on each of these themes. The first one being our cosmic geography lesson. <clears throat> uh, we get other... Um, hints at cosmic geography in different parts of the Bhagavad Gita. And of course, excuse me, we get much more detail in the Bhagavatam. Uh, we get lots of detail, famously in the fifth canto, but also elsewhere, um, just the analysis of of the material world in terms of Sankhya is there quite extensively in uh, the end of the third canto and also in the eleventh canto. But here, Krishna is giving us a real one-liner which sums up a lot. Uh, and what he's doing is, of course, underlining in effect, what he said in the previous verse, mam upetya punar janma dukkalayam ashashvatam. In two words, dukkalayam, dukkha, actually it's a samasa, it's a combination, dukkalayam, uh, a place of dukkha, and ashashvatam, it's temporary. Um, that's from the previous verse. Prabhupada, in his translation, kind of carries that point over because Prabhupada says in his translation, from the highest planet in the material world down to the lowest, all are places of misery. Actually, the Sanskrit of the verse doesn't say that. <laughs> I'm sorry to say but that's okay. Prabhupada is giving the purport within the translation. He's carrying over. He's saying, in effect, because, as Krishna has said in the previous verse, um, all, uh, all places of this world are places of misery, he's underlining that same point here. Now, so that's all kind of wrapped up, actually, in the two verses, 15 and 16, uh, in, in super short and almost abrupt way. They say what this material world is all about. And then we might think, oh, but, you know, actually... That's just a generalization that there's uh, that this world is a dukalayam. It's a generalization, and um, therefore it's not 
telling the whole story, there must be some place here where there is happiness. And of course, one can make that argument. There are places in the world, on this planet even, <laughs> uh, even on the Earth planet, uh, there are places of happiness. Uh, what is it? In the small country of Bhutan, uh, they are proud of having, uh, what is it they call it? Gross national happiness or something like that. Um, they have the highest rating of the world. Uh, sometimes it's Denmark. I think it's only Denmark because uh, they tend to keep somewhat, uh, the, <laughs> I shouldn't say this, the population tends to be largely intoxicated. Anyway, uh, so we may make some kind of argument like this, you know, there's some places and people are having certain degrees of happiness, so, so don't knock it. And so Krishna is saying, actually, in the previous verse, yeah, there may be something, but ashashvatam, it's temporary. Shashvata, of course, means perpetual, and ashashvata means not perpetual, which means temporary. And so with this verse, verse 16, then he's making that more specific by saying, you have to return from wherever you were finding some happiness. You've got to come back. You've got to come back to uh, places where there's more concentration of misery. Uh, that's just how it is. Uh, and so, here's the point. Here's the interesting point is that uh, Krishna, by making this statement, is saving us a lot of time. He's saving us the trouble of trying to find out for ourselves in this life, in the next life, and the life after that, and countless lives wandering up and down the universe. Uh, to try to find that permanent happiness. He's saying, basically saying, don't waste your time. I'm going to tell you, and all you have to do is accept that you will not find such happy happiness in this world. So we can understand, if we're, if we're smart, then we'll say, aha, oh, okay. So then what should I do? I, I'm not going to waste my time searching, so what should I do? Now, there's another verse uh, in the previous chapter you've been uh, reading where uh, Lord Krishna says to Arjuna, another way of putting this, uh, it's another time-saver verse. He says, Bahunam janmanam ante jnanavangmang prabhadyate Vasudeva sarvam iti sa mahatma sudulava. Srila Prabhupada explained this in one lecture, specifically with regard to this uh, verse. 
Bahunam Janmanam Ante, after many births, Gyanavan, the person who is a knower, someone who possesses knowledge, Mam Prabhadyate, he or she takes shelter of me. And taking shelter of me, Vasudeva Sarvam Iti. Iti works like quotation marks usually in Sanskrit. So this is like um, he's quoting the devotee saying, Vasudeva Sarvam, Vasudeva is everything. Who says that? Samahatma. Someone who has a, a big heart, I would put it that way. <laughs> The big-hearted ones, uh, Mahatma, the great, the great-souled ones, uh, Sudurlabha, who is very rare. So Prabhupada is saying that this verse is a, a big time saver. We can save the time of going through many lives if we simply hear this statement that after many lives, I can come to this understanding that Vasudeva is everything. Instead of going through so many lives, if I just hear that that's the result, then I can start understanding it immediately. So like that, Krishna is, he wants to save us trouble. And so he's giving us these tips. Now, someone may say, well, okay, so if this world, this material world, is just a place of ignorance, uh, of, of suffering, a place of misery, then, you know, what's its purpose? What is its purpose? It seems to be without purpose. And this seems to be the conclusion of some of the modern uh, philosophers, modern Western philosophers, one of whom in the uh, mid-20th century, a French philosopher you've probably heard of, Jean-Paul Sartre, um, became well-known. I remember when I was first going to university, he was very popular, Sartre, um, as what came to be known as existentialist. He was promoting existentialism. Much of what he, he wrote in French and much of what he wrote has never been translated into English, so we may not know his whole story, but um, in Shama Sundar Prabhu's representation of Jean-Paul Sartre to Srila Prabhupada. Uh, Prabhupada was having uh, him his, as his uh, servant, secretary, and before him, Hayagriva Prabhu, um, present the basic ideas of various philosophers, Western philosophers, and Prabhupada would respond. He, and that, uh, those uh, 
mm, conversations were recorded, and they have been also printed, published many years ago. I don't know if it's still in print. Uh, spiritual uh, dialect, spiritual dialect dialecticalism or something like that. Um, it's probably on database. Any any case, um, one idea of of Sartre, at least at one time in his career, was, and I think he kind of stuck with this. He was basically atheist. Um, he said, "This universe, we've been thrown into this universe." He said and left on her own. Of course, one could immediately ask, so who did the throwing? <laughs> I don't think he uh, he thought that one through. Um, when we say, I have been thrown, that means someone has thrown us. And if someone has thrown us, then we can ask, so was there a reason for that? And if so, what was it? And who is that person? We can ask such questions. But Sartre just starts from the point of being thrown, like being thrown in a big empty hall alone, to figure out for ourselves what is our purpose. That was his idea. And for him, uh, this was a way of, saying that human beings have responsibility, which is not a bad idea. Unfortunately, he just uh, locates the idea within, uh, within the context of, of atheism. So he leaves it for the human beings basically to invent their own purposes. Now, what is that? suggests that means everyone is going to have their own individual purpose and everyone's going to be fighting with each other uh, with uh, so many different purposes. Anyway, that was his idea. We would say no, uh, purpose is already there uh, and if we don't want to speak in theological, in religious terms, we can say, just broad, in the broadest sense, our purpose as human beings is to transform ourselves, to become transformed uh, within and without, internally and externally, uh, to fulfill our the fullness of our uh, existence as human beings, to, to realize what it is that's special about being human, uh, which we hear again and again in our shastras, that human life is special. Why is it special? Uh, because we can realize, we can realize our humanity. Uh, what to speak of our godliness, just to realize our humanity uh, it would be a, a considerable accomplishment. Okay, that's um, just rambling a bit about cosmic geography and purpose. Now let's talk a little about Krishna's promise. He says when we go to him, uh, we need not return. 
He's going to say this again in the 15th chapter, um, in which he's describing the spiritual world. Uh, and uh, he's making that in a definite way. He's not saying, well, if you're lucky, you can come and never have to return. He's saying, if you come to me, then you will not return. It's a one-way ticket. Now, when we say it's a one-way ticket, that makes a lot of people a little scared, or maybe very scared. What? A one-way ticket? What if I don't like it there? <laughs> Yeah, that's a good question. If we don't like it there, what then? Well, Krishna is suggesting that you will like it. Uh, not only will you like it, you will love it. But if you're in doubt, then no worries. You can stay here and punar um, avartina. You can keep rotating the word avartina. Uh, suggests rotation, Spin, spinning. You can keep spinning in this world. Uh, the material world is, or the universe. Another word for a word for it in Sanskrit is Brahmanda, where the word Brahm, Brahma, B H R A M A, um, can mean mistake. It can also mean wander. Brahm, uh, to wander, and anda means egg. So we are enclosed in a an egg in which we can wander to our heart's content. But at some point there may, may be some impetus uh, to finally end the party, uh, to get out of this world. Um, in particular, recognizing that what comes up must go down, but also what is created must be destroyed. And this is elaborated also in the Bhagavatam, in the twelfth canto, that there are four types of destruction, and we could say, Three of these types we are not familiar with. The one that we are familiar with is called nitya pralaya. We know the word nitya means can mean eternal or it can mean perpetual or it can mean ongoing or it can also mean repeated. So the constant destruction of anything and everything that we see around us that's going on uh, as the seasons turn, as time pushes forward. Kala, uh, the Sanskrit word kala has the sense of a, f a force of destruction. So that's nitya. And then there's naimittika, there's prakrita or prakritika and atyantika. Naimittika and Prakritika are simply different degrees of d cosmic destruction. Um, destruction up to Brahmaloka, as I remember it's called Naimittika. 
And then prakritika is when also Brahmaloka is destroyed. And uh, as Prabhupada mentions here from Sridhar Swami, the residents of Brahmaloka move up. They, uh, they are prom- promoted to the spiritual world. And then Atyantika uh, refers to the destruction that is done, accomplished uh, by the effort of yogis. And an example of this would be Parikshit Maharaj. Uh, as we know, Maharaj Parikshit was cursed to die in seven days. He did the right thing uh, after hearing about the curse. He accepted it, and then he went and sat on the bank of the Ganga and heard uh, for seven days and seven nights the Bhagavatam from Srila Shukadeva Goswami. And as a result of his hearing and absorbing and imbibing, he was able, uh, before before the the cursed action would take place, namely that he would be um, poisoned, bitten and poisoned uh, by Takshaka, before that happened, he had already left his body. He'd already removed himself from his body completely. So that would be one example of Atyantika. I think we could say, Sati is another example, and then there are others in the Bhagavatam. Uh, but the point is, destruction is there, and at some point we wake up and realize, I'm on a burning ship, or I'm in a burning house, I have to get out. So, uh, that impetus is there, which is then... Uh, made firm by Krishna's promise. Krishna's promise that you come to me, you don't have to go back to the burning house. Srila hmm. Prabhupada mentions in his purport uh, a sacrifice, a practice of sacrifice called Panchagnividya which he says is recommended in the Chandogya Upanishad. So I looked this up. It's in the Chandogya. It's also mentioned in the Brihad Aranyaka Upanishad. These are two of the main Upanishads. And, well, I didn't get too much into it because it gets very technical very quickly. It's basically a meditation Uh, in which, in a very figurative sort of way, there are five fires, and then there are five kinds of oblations which one puts into the fires. Um, And it's all highly metaphorical and a bit difficult to follow, at least in the short time I spent with it. But the whole idea is that through this meditation, one can elevate oneself to... Um, yeah, two higher planets. Um, here, Prabhupada says one can achieve Brahma Loka. Um, 
And just a general detail, but a general detail, what's that? A general point, or is it a detail? There are, in the Upanishads, several um, passages which have come to be called vidyas. And traditionally, there are 32 of these. And here, the word vidya, which usually is translated as knowledge, here we could say it's something like technology or technique. Uh, these are techniques for um, in elevating the consciousness in a very uh, sort of focused and determined way. Well, uh, we don't do that. <laughs> we don't do these vidyas. Uh, we have another process. Uh, we have the bhakti process. And in the bhakti process, what do we do? Well, uh, we hear and we chant and we, as, and for now I'm underlining the word, remember. We remember the Lord. And so this brings us back to what I was saying. This is another theme which is uh, very strongly emphasized in this chapter. Um, in particular, we can go all the way back to verse number five, antakale chamam eva smaran muktva kalevaram, remembering smaran antakale at the time of the end of the body, kalevaram, remembering what? Not what, but whom? Remembering Mam Krishna, Yaha Prayati, one who uh, goes, Sa Mad Bhaktam, he's my devotee. <clears throat> uh, he goes to me, Yati, Na Asti Atra Sangshaya, there's no doubt. Sangshaya means doubt. So again, we're getting that promise. And then Krishna makes the more general point in the next verse. Yam yam va api smaran bhavam. So depending on uh, what bhavam, what mentality, one, what mood uh, one is remembering, smaran, tyajati, when giving up uh, at the end, ante, kalevaram, this body, tam, tam, eva, Eighty, uh, one will go there certainly. Uh, sada, always. This is always the case. Sada tat bhava bhavita. Uh, one will come to that situation. Now, the point, though, uh, that this all leads to, is in the next verse. Tasmat, whenever you see that tasmat, that's therefore. Uh, okay, there's a conclusion here. There's something we have to especially pay attention to. Tasmat, sarveshu kaleshu mam anusmara yudya cha. Mai sar uh, arpita manobud here. Mam eva eshasi. 
or Aish, yes, Aisha, see, Asangshaya, again, there's no doubt, you'll come to me. Um, if you do two things, now, <laughs> this is um, quite, quite interesting. Krishna, this is the only verse in the chapter that I know of in which Krishna is giving a specific command. He's, um, he's, he's commanding Arjuna. What is he commanding? Two things. Anusmara, yudya. Remember, and don't just remember once, but remember constantly, ongoing, anusmara. Uh, remember what? Not what, but whom? Mam, mam anusmara. Okay, I'll sit down and I'll just remember Krishna. I'll chant Hare Krishna. No, Krishna says, yudhyacha, also you have to fight. What? You want me to fight and you want me to remember you at the same time, both simultaneously? Sorry, I have a one-track mind. I can do one or the other. I can't do both. Krishna says, sorry, you have to do both. <laughs> and you'll be able to do it. Why will you be able to do it? Because you're going to practice. You're going to practice abhyasa yoga yuktena abhyasa. You're going to... Um, abhyasa means practice. Practice means you do it, and you do it again, and you do it again. You keep going. Uh, and by your practicing, you improve. So this remembering, uh, and, and then Krishna says how to remember. He gives details, how to remember Krishna in the next verse, verse 9. Kavim purana manushasitaram anorani angsangs anusmarit yaha. All sorts of qualities of Krishna. He is the original poet. Kavi means poet. It also means philosopher. Uh, and Puranam, he's ancient. Uh, he is uh, the Anushas, uh, Anushasitra. He's the controller. Uh, he's great. He's small. He's everything in between. <laughs> he is... Uh, maintaining everything, and on top of all this, achintya, he's inconceivable. You may say, what? If he's inconceivable, how am I supposed to remember him? <laughs> practice. <laughs> this is what Krishna says, practice. <clears throat> so, uh, that's what we want to do in the course of our lives. And the course of our lives means, of course, in the course, in the course of our daily lives, not just certain times, but as Prabhupada would say, again and again, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. <laughs> how do we, how do we do that? Okay. Well, that's the whole process and its practice. And it's inviting Krishna to help us. That's the, that's the prayer. That's the, 
vandanam aspect, shravanam kirtanam, vishnu smaranam parasedam archanam vandanam dasyam sakyam atmani vedanam. Uh, the vandanam, the prayer. I found one particular prayer very helpful for myself to remember Krishna. And the prayer is in the form of a question. And the, pro and the prayer goes like this. Oh, Lord Krishna, where are you right now? Where are you? And Krishna's telling us where he is. Uh, in the Gita, he's saying, Raso Hamapsukonteya, Prabhasmi Shashi Shuryayo, I am in the taste of water. I am the taste of water. He doesn't say I'm in the taste. He says I am the taste. He says I am the light of the sun and the moon. Uh, he says I am the syllable Om. He says I am the ability in Purusha, we are all Purushas. And if you're thinking, well, even that's hard for me to remember. Well, we're all engaged in so many activities. Perhaps we have a job. Um, every day we go to work, we have to, uh, particular tasks to perform. Uh, why are we doing that work? Well, we've been... Uh, engaged, we we have that position because we have qualifications to do it. We have abilities. Krishna says, I'm that ability. So if we subtract the ability from ourselves, then where are we? And then we're minus Krishna. That's impossible. We're always with Krishna. And Krishna always gives us <laughs> so much ability. In the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna is giving us many hints on how to see him in our daily lives. But we're not going to be looking for Krishna unless we have a question in our minds. Krishna, where are you? But if we practice asking that question, Krishna, where are you? Immediately, we'll become aware, oh, Krishna, you are here. Yes, you're with me. You are here in so many ways. Externally, you are, with, you are within me. You are surrounding me in, in all so many different ways. And when we, when we have that sense of Krishna's presence, then, then we are, we feel fully sheltered. Uh, we feel empowered. We can, um, we can indeed do the duties, the yudhya, the, the, the fighting or whatever it is we have to do. Mamanusmara yudhya cha. Uh, we can do both. Tasmat sarveshu kaleshu. Therefore, mam anusmara yudhyacha sarveshu kaleshu. Sarva, all, and kala, time, and uh, the endings, eshu, 
is just the locative plural in all times. Um, so what we're really looking for, I would suggest uh, with this remembering, uh, is something that Srila Rupa Goswami talks about in Nectar of Devotion in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. Uh, the technical term is Uddipana. And Uddipana uh, is sometimes translated as stimulant. We're looking for, uh, for ways that our memory of Krishna can be stimulated. And there is, and the beginning of that process is, uh, is specified, in fact, as karma yoga. Uh, I came across this statement by Srila Prabhupada, and then maybe we'll end. Uh, this was in something called Message of Godhead. Prabhupada says, Karma yoga, or work with transcendental results, is the seed of pure devotional activities. This science is taught by Sri Krishna himself or his bona fide confidential servants. Unless one takes his lessons from such sources, one must inevitably misunderstand the import of karma yoga, as do the ordinary mundaners who often advertise themselves as karma yoga experts. So Prabhupada is saying we need to understand karma yoga is the seed of pure bhakti, uh, which suggests then karma just means activity. If we cultivate that sense of I'm doing this for the Lord, I'm doing this in a spirit of connecting with the Lord, yoga. And I'm doing this uh, through the inspiration of Krishna and his representatives then we understand, then we actually uh, are on the path of remembering the Lord and noticing how the Lord is really present and working in our lives. And we start noticing that there's udipana everywhere. And there are stimuli for remembering Krishna everywhere. Hare Krishna, I think it will be good if I stop on that point just to go back to the verse for one more memory reminder. Abrahma Bhuvanaloka Punar Avartinor Arjuna Mamupetya Tu Konteya Punar Janma Navidyate from the highest planet in the material world, down to the lowest, all 
are places of misery wherein repeated birth and death take place, but one who attains to my abode, O son of Kunti, never takes birth again. Hare Krishna. Bhagavad Gita Ki Jai. <laughs> so I'll stop there and see if any of you have reflections or um, maybe there's a question, anything you want to maybe to elaborate some point. Hare Krishna Maharaj, thank you so very much. I, um, my name is Sri Sapanishad. Very nice name. Hare <laughs> Hare Krishna. I'm humbled by you, believe me. <laughs> um, I really want to thank you for bringing to the attention one way of thinking of Krishna and remembering him is asking the question. Krishna, where are you? Mm -hmm. Thank you so very much for that. Mm. That's very relevant to me. <laughs> I'm glad you appreciate. Um, one way to think of this question, um, some of you may be parents, and maybe your children are not so small anymore, but um, or maybe even have, some of you have grandchildren, I don't know. So you can imagine that uh, you have a small child and you're, um, you're walking with them and you come to the temple, you come in the temple and you ask the child, where is Krishna? Right? And, and the child is immediately, you know, pointing to the altar. <laughs> And then you may want to a little bit get the child to think some more. Yes, very good. Now, where else is he? <laughs> and then the child has to, hmm, oh, yes, he's also uh, in the devotees. He's also in prasadam, you know, like this. You can push the child. So similarly, we can push ourselves to ask ourselves this question, where is Krishna? And this is the same question that, uh, I mean, after all, the bridge bhasis, uh, the eternal associates of Lord Krishna, they're asking this question when Krishna leaves or seems to leave Vrindavan. They're asking, where is Krishna? Of course, they're also asking, when, when, when is Krishna coming back? <laughs> Krishna has promised he'll come back. So when is he coming back? <clears throat> Jai Maharaj, thank you so much. There is a devotee by the name of Jira Lalita Devidasi. Yes. She has a question. Okay. Are you both 
She's still muted. Yeah, I think she just wants. Okay. I would like to ask a question we've heard so many times in classes that um, we shouldn't or be aiming to to um, go back to God and actually be with Krishna and Golokadama but whether we should aiming for uh, to become a prophet servant believing that we always I can be engaged in Krishna service um, wherever um, we get born. Mm. I mean, after this life time. So um, I'd like to ask you, what way should we um, or should I aim for? And I'm very attracted to just to really never get born here, <laughs> or be with Krishna, but. Um, um, I'm still recording that that could be a little bit selfish because really being with Krishna is to be a servant wherever he decides to send us to. Yes, uh, it's, it's a bit of a paradox because Chaitanya Mahaprabhu also in, in his Shikshastakam <coughs> Uh, after listing all the things that he doesn't aspire for, he says, Mama Janmani Janmani Bhaktir Ahaituki Uh, I simply want your causeless service, devotional service, life after life. And on the other side, it seems quite clear in Bhagavad Gita, Krishna is urging us to aim to go back to Godhead, as Srila Prabhupada expressed it. Uh, so where is, where is the resolution? Um, I would say the resolution is that when one is really in that uh, mood that I'm ready to go wherever Krishna wants as long as I can be engaged in service. When one is really at that stage, then Krishna will take one back to Godhead. <clears throat> he will say, that's okay. We will... Uh, we will do the needful. Or to put it another way, when one is at that stage, even if one is in this world uh, engaged in service, in that kind of absorption, uh, one will feel that one is already back to Godhead, even though in this so-called, and then one will say, so-called material world. Because, because the you know it's it's said the devotee is feeling himself or herself to be always with the Lord. 
like that. So the I don't know, but it's still a kind of a paradox. It's kind of a um, there is a, a sense that well, which one should I aim for? Uh, I don't want to stay in this world. I want to go out, but if I want to go out, that's selfish. So I'll yeah. just so I'll just stay here. But if I just stay here, then maybe I won't end up serving Krishna. I'll end up doing something else. So, <laughs> so it goes back and forth. Um, another way of looking at this is I don't know how to have uh, the right kind of aspiration, but let me just appreciate the mood of those who do have the right aspiration. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu shows that, uh, and, and we are followers of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And so we, we can, in a sense, um, allow ourselves to, ref to be reflectors of that mood. We, we may not feel I have it, but he has it. So let me be in the, let me keep in the light of that mood of Lord Chaitanya, like that. Well, so it means by appreciating the mood, that mood of Lord Chaitanya, yeah. um, it could help. Yes, and, and appreciating Lord Chaitanya. <laughs> yeah. It looks like uh, Sita Sundari is also having a question. Let's see if she comes on with being unmuted. Yeah, is she there? I don't know. There she is. Thank you so much for letting me into your round and secretly snuck into your round when I came home. <laughs> and now I can dare to ask the question. So thank you very much. And my question is, um, when you were speaking about asking Krishna, where are you? Speak was about seeing him in every living entity as, as seeing everyone is equal because it's a, it's a real difference if I go out and I, and I, and I encounter others um, with the mood of seeing them as Krishna's and, and it becomes such a different encounter when, when, when we see them like that. So easy to like everyone and to smile and so um, if you can just speak about that, how, how we can uh, practice that to see Krishna in, in all human beings. Mm. Well, it's sometimes quite a challenge, <laughs> right? <laughs> sometimes quite a challenge. And then what I would say is what we want to do is uh, 
a sort of general principle we're trying to learn. We understand uh, Shastra is there, and uh, as we hear, as we read, as we reflect on Shastra, the idea is that we become what's called Shastra Chakshu, which means one who sees with the eyes of Shastra. And of course, what we're not, we're not exactly seeing, we're more like hearing, um, because Shastra is, we hear and we read. Read, we can say, is a form of hearing. So what we're trying to do, that's a good point to remember also that remembering means remembering what Krishna says, uh, remembering Krishna's instruction, Krishna's uh, remembering what, what vision Krishna would have us imbibe. And so, so we want to, at the same time, we want to be honest with ourselves and say, whoa, I'm not seeing with equal vision right now. I'm seeing uh, anything but equal, <laughs> perhaps. <laughs> and at the same time, the simple fact that we remember that there is this uh, possibility, there is a possibility, there is at least theoretically a possibility of seeing, you know, we, we can hardly imagine what is that equal vision. And yet we understand that's what the sadhus, that's what the acharyas are, are doing. And so remembering that, well, it, maybe we can say it's going back to what I just suggested to Dira Lalita. It's a kind of reflecting uh, the light from that vision. So we may not have it ourselves, but we remember it and we, um, at least through intel intellect, we reflect that ideal. And seeing everyone equal does not, by the way, and I, Prabhupada explains this in various places, it does not mean... Uh, acting the same with everyone, because that would be quite, um, not just artificial, but foolish. As I remember, Prabhupada gives the example of a tiger. It's not that we go up and embrace a tiger uh, because we're seeing all living beings equal, or equally. Um, but we're we're acting appropriately to the specific um, body and the specific uh, being that we're dealing with. Or we are avoiding <laughs> the, pers the person or the animal, the dangerous animal or whatever it is, uh, upeksha. Mm. Yeah, prema maitri. Kripa upeksha. Upeksha means uh, avoiding or neglecting. Does that make sense? Yes, thank you very much. 
Uh, I see also Hari Murti Prabhu in Cleveland. Hmm, not responding. Hare Krishna Maharaj, um, this is Samya. Hare Prabhu's, oh. Hare Krishna Maharaj, um, Hare Prabhu's one mic is somehow, I think he's having a technical difficulty. Oh. My husband, give this phone to him so he can ask his question to you, Maharaj. Okay. <laughs> Sorry about the technical difficulty, Maharaj. No problem. <clears throat> Uh, very faintly, very faintly. Oops, now comes a big echo. <laughs> That's okay. Yes, very good. Uh, so, my question is, um, so I am aspiring for Bhakti Mark Swami, His Holiness Bhakti Mark Swami, the walking monk from Toronto. Yes, my good friend. Oh, thank you. So, <laughs> I'm in the process. Uh, it's, I'm, I'm hoping, you know, with the blessings of all the Vaishnavas, I can make progress and reach that goal. My question is, um, so... You know, uh, I'm at a stage of life where I want to decrease my material engagement and go more into, you know, Krishna consciousness deeply. And, you know, because my children are kind of grown or, or almost there, growing and being by themselves. So, uh, can, should I, like, you know, I saw, for example, on Facebook, uh, one very nice devotee from New Vrindavan, he was posting that, you know, don't worry about this pandemic, don't worry about trying to solve the world's problems or trying to solve so many uh, issues in your society or in your community. Just chant Hare Krishna, uh, you know, engage in the nine process of, of devotional service and plan your way to go back to Godhead so that you don't have to come back to this place of misery. And I've been in many miserable places, uh, <laughs> like I am in uh, right now also, I would say. Uh, so, uh, so should I just do like that, or should I try to say, okay, let's do something for Bhakti Tirtha Swami, let's do something for Bhakti Swami, let's do something for Cleveland, let's try, to, uh, you know, spread the holy name more in Cleveland, you know, even if we have to suffer some pains, uh, uh, you know, uh, is it, you know, even if I by doing so, trying to do so, I may make some offenses, make some mistakes. Um, you know, even in, uh, get some friction locally at home with my wife or children, mm. or, you know, friends. So, what is your uh, take on that? I just want to hear. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay, let's see. Um, probably we could discuss that quite a bit in so many ways. The first thought that comes to my mind is uh, this would be a good question for you to consult with His Holiness Bhakti Marg Swami. Uh, because I've always appreciated his mood of preaching. Um, as you said, he's the walking Swami 
Um, and I mean, so many things he does that are so wonderful. His, uh, his artistic, his the theatrical uh, arrangements are amazing. So I think he could give you a lot of guidance on this. Another thought, though, toward the end when you were saying, you know, if I try to engage in preaching here and so on, there's going to be friction and who knows what. Well, um, in the 18th chapter of Bhagavad Gita, Krishna advises Arjuna, Sahajam karmakontya sadosham apita api na tyajet. He says uh, that every endeavor uh, is covered or is generating some fault, sahajam, together with, literally, sahajam karma, uh, sadosham api. Although it is with fault, nyatyajet, it is not to be given up. Yeah, it's it's a it's quite a strong statement uh, that Krishna is making there. He's saying, "Don't don't expect there to be no fault. Uh, there's there's sure to be fault, uh, but don't make that an excuse to not act." Because if if you then decide, okay, I'm not going to act, this was, of course, what Arjuna was proposing, then that in itself will be a fault. <laughs> there will be fault in your not acting. So we can't avoid, we can't avoid. And so the whole idea of bhakti is Yes, we're reducing material activity, but that doesn't mean we're reducing activity as such. And um, and we're tr what we're trying to do under the guidance of sadhus, shastra, and guru is to develop uh, a sense of the art of yoga. Krishna says in the second chapter, Yoga Karma Sukoshala, uh, we're performing the art of yoga. And that's not something we learn from one day to the next, right? We're, we're practicing, again, abhyasa, uh, abhyasena, we're practicing yoga. So, um, I guess what I'm saying in general is it's not exactly either or. I think you were putting it in terms of either or. And um, we have to be careful whenever whenever we look at what seems to be an either or situation. What we may need to do is try to see if there's a third, uh, some place in between the two. And that's where the art of yoga is, bhakti yoga. <laughs> okay? I hope that helps. Thank you very much, Maharaj. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. <laughs>
So, oh, there's something more here. Deva Dharana. Hare Krishna Maharaj. Hare Krishna. Just on the Hare Krishna. I'm very shy, so I will just read what I wrote. Okay. okay. Um, I'm thinking that I do not want liberation until all the suffering souls at least know the difference between right and wrong, according to Shastra. Is this wrong? Um, uh, I distributed books many years ago. I'm an older devotee. My spiritual master is um, His Holiness Vidayananda Goswami. Ah. And yeah, I've been a devotee. Also, my good friend. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've been a devotee since 1977. Uh, okay, I, I love book distribution. I'm old now, and my body is giving me problems, but I still try, and I try, and I try. Wow. Yeah, wow. So, my question is, well, it's not really a question. I, just, <laughs> I want to be born again as a Sankatan devotee. And not just my next life, but all lives, all my life. I want to be a book distributor. Wow. Well, that's glorious. <laughs> Good for you. I was just remembering um, when you said, you know, now you're older and it's difficult, the physical body and so on. Many years ago, I was, um, I was visiting the Bombay Juhu Temple, uh, now Mumbai. By the, way, by the way, there's a wonderful new book from His Holiness Giriraj Swami, uh, if you don't know about it yet. It's highly recommended, called I'll Build You a Temple. Uh, so I was there, I don't know, a few days. And I remember a, one god brother of mine, and I'm embarrassed to say I don't remember his name, uh, but he was um, an American devotee. I think he was from San Diego. And he was uh, suffering from a seriously debilitating disease um, in which, I don't know, the whole physical body basically uh, just, he, he, was, he was like skin and bones, literally. He just looked like skin and bones. And he was, he was in a wheelchair. And, uh, Despite being in this condition, I mean, it was pretty extreme condition, but he was, he was sitting, he would come to the program in the temple, and not only that, but I would see him in the afternoon. He would uh, arrange to have his wheelchair put uh, on the, right next to, right in front of the main doors of the Juhu temple, out on the terrace. And he would just sit there and talk with people. And um, many people would come, and he always there was always a little crowd around him. Uh, I think they were all so amazed to see that 
here he is in this condition. He's obviously not going to be living much longer. Um, but what is he doing? He's preaching about Krishna. <laughs> and that was, um, it was so moving. And therefore, people were coming to him. Anyway, I just remembered that when you uh, mentioned uh, it's true, we're all getting older, isn't it? But you you have a very wonderful desire, which I'm sure Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is hearing, and he would he will he will, as Prabhupada said, do the needful. Thank you. Thank you so much. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Okay. Uh oh. I guess we're coming to the end of our time now. There was also from Chitrakarani a question. Chitrakarani is writing all the way from Turkey. <clears throat> Shall I read her question? Is that okay? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So she's saying, I would be very afraid to remain here because material energy is so powerful that as long as I'm not a pure devotee, there will be always this danger of being caught up by Krishna's material energy. I've realized that I'm so impotent, so with the slightest chance of leaving this planet, I would prefer to take shelter of the lotus feet of Krishna if Krishna is willing to accept. I don't have any confidence at all, neither to myself nor to Maya. <laughs> Such a dangerous place. When I read Srimad Bhagavatam, I read so many stories of great souls finding themselves being caught up by Maya. Yeah, that's a good reminder. We don't want to uh, be presumptuous and think, oh yes, I'll just stay in this world um, and Maya will keep away from me. Um, this is called um, a healthy fear of Maya. But again, I think both things can go together. A desire to uh, come back to Krishna and permanently be uh, free of the danger of Krishna's illusory Power, potency is external energy, and uh, we can desire to, to uh, for Krishna's will be done, as the Christians would put it, may Krishna's will be done, uh, let me, if he wills, serve in this world. Hare Krishna, Maharaj. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Uh, this is uh, Abhidhuta Das. Hare Krishna, Prabhu. I want to thank you for sharing your time with us. Give us this good transcendental message of Krishna. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's uh, been my pleasure. But my question is, how do we feel or experience love 
in a world where there is so much misery. Mm. I think I recall Bakbar said once that there is no love in the material world. And now in our text today, he said that from the highest to the lowest planet is full of misery. Mm-hmm. So what is it that causes us to feel peace and love when we are living in a place of misery? Ah, that's a nice question. <laughs> well, let me let me let me start let me let me start with this. It's been said that we cannot live even for a moment without hope. We basically are breathing because we have some hope. And what is it we're hoping for? Well, we're hoping for that experience of pure love. And why are we hoping for it? Because we have an idea of it. We have a sense of it. And why do we have a sense of it? Because Krishna is present. He is there. And we experience even glimmer of that love of Krishna. We see it in others. We see it in other people. Uh, sometimes it may, it may be hard to see, but it's, we know it's there. So within the darkness uh, of this miserable material world, we hold on uh, very firmly to this conviction which is based on hope and that hope is what's keeping us, what gets us out of bed in the morning <laughs> and the fact that there are devotees in the world. And when I say devotees, I don't just mean, you know, members of our particular society of devotees. Prabhupada said, and he said it very er early in, uh, in, in his mission, he said there are many pure devotees in the world. So, recognizing that, recognizing there are many pure devotees uh, in the world, that gives us hope. That gives us purpose. Uh, that gives us uh, the, you know, that's like, like a snorkel, you know, for breathing underwater. <laughs> it's, it's the air tube uh, that allows us to breathe uh, while we're in this material world. Does that make sense? Mm, well, I'm not quite following it, but... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> in a nutshell, maybe. <laughs> in a nutshell, hold hold on tight 
hold on tight to the lotus feet of Guru and Goranga, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and you'll be fine. <laughs> but, just, but just thinking, you know, if we don't understand these things, then you're living in a place of misery, if I can say, from the highest to the lowest planet. Mm. If I'm enjoying some type of peace and happiness now, then when you say, uh, let's go to Krishna, I might say, well, what for? I'm enjoying so much peace and now I'm here, you know. But we know Maya, that's just Maya's group, you know, we have to understand these things. So I would just. It was just running through my head when I asked this question, you know. What we can understand is whatever happiness, whatever peace, whatever joy, uh, whatever feeling of love that we have here, that we experience, it's Krishna's grace. It's filtering through uh, and manifesting within the cloud which is the material world. Uh, the mater- Prabhupada mentions the, mater- the whole material cosmos is like a cloud in the spiritual world. So a cloud, it, it's, it's just that. It's, um, you know, it's, it's in the air. Uh, it's, it's the same substance, essentially. Uh, and so he said, actually, we're already in the spiritual world, but we don't see it. <laughs> okay, I think it's time to let you all go. <laughs> oh, shucks. Sorry, Just you where to go. Okay. My memory of Cleveland goes back to, I must have been, I don't know, eight years old or something when um, I was in Detroit uh, visiting my grandparents. And my grandfather took myself and my brother on a flight in a private plane from Detroit to Cleveland. It was about a 20-minute flight. <laughs> he was, uh, it was a business trip, and it was uh, the company plane or something like that. <laughs> So that was a big thrill for an eight-year-old kid. But I, I remember the plane flight. I'm sorry, I really don't remember much about Cleveland. <laughs> I'm sorry, I missed that. Say again. This is a great opportunity for you to visit us. Oh, <laughs> okay. Thank you all so much, and I wish you all the best. Greater Cleveland Yatra Ki Jai. Jai. Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. 
Anantakoti Vaishnavarinda ki jai, Nitai Gora Premanande Hari Bo. Hare Krishna. Thank you so much, Maharaj. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for joining us all from various continents, I should say. Yeah. Thank you so much. And uh, please accept our humble obeisances. And Maharaj. Vanchakalpatrubhyascha kripasindubhya evacha. Patitanam Pavanibhyo Vaishnavibhyo Namo Namaha Hare Krishna Hare Krishna Krishna Maharaj